Eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's the headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. And tonight uh, we are checking with the story of Tabo Pesta. Hey, this Tabo Pesta story, you know. Uh, so I think a lot has happened since we last spoke about this. Many of you would recall we uh, checked in with Crispin Piri uh, sometime last week to um, uh, get a sense of what the latest was then as new developments had come to light. We heard somebody uh, in the correctional services um department had alerted the deputy minister at the time and um, yeah it's a lot so tonight we continue and we joined on the line by daniel stain a journalist out at ground up and of course ground up has done a lot of the um, sort of uh, uh, spade work in general journalistic terms in relation to this particular story uh, uh, of course uh, we also have heard um, that uh, the uh, British private security company G4S, which operates the Mangaung Correctional Centre, has suspended uh, some of its personnel. Um, and uh, yeah, this in the matter, if uh, you've been in a cave or uh, over the last while of uh, one Tabo Pesta, I'm not sure if that's his real name, uh, who's been sentenced to life imprisonment for rape and murder. Uh, after luring women to him via social media uh, and, uh, yeah, in particular Facebook, uh, by saying that international modeling scouts were interested in them. So so we hear a lot more about this tonight uh, from uh, journalist out at Ground Up, Daniel Stain. Daniel, good evening. Welcome. Good evening. Good to be with you. Thank you very much. Daniel, uh, maybe just, uh, I guess, what we've heard over the last weekend or so that might, uh, you know, bring together some of the puzzles uh, in this uh, particular, yeah, I guess, a story here. Still very confused, I must say, about so many different moving parts of this uh, story. Help us out here. Okay, so um, in May last year, it was announced that Tabu Pester died in a prison cell um, in a fire. And we, um, about two weeks ago, or in the last two weeks, we published a report saying that he did not die in the fire. Someone did die in the fire, but it wasn't him. And we know it's not him because his DNA didn't match his mother's DNA. The body's DNA didn't match the, the mother's, double bester's mother's DNA. We also know that um, the body found in the cells about 25 centimeters shorter than Bester was. Wait, wait, wait. Daniel, and say something to me quickly. So you're saying the person who had been burnt at the time, I assume a post-mortem or autopsy was done shortly after this burning incident. That person's DNA doesn't correspond with Tabo Pesta's mother's DNA. Um, yeah, maybe I don't understand how DNA works. So so would you need both parents or just one parent to, I guess, connect the DNA? How would that work? So, um, no, you just need, need one parent. Oh, okay. So, so ideally what would have happened is that the bodies would have been found, questions would have been asked, what's going on here? The DNA would have been taken of that burnt body and compared to the DNA that they have on record of okay. Tabu Vesta. Mm. But that doesn't seem to ever have happened. What we know is that his, ma- his biological mother came to pick up the body and then they, they tested her DNA against the body and said, no, she can't get the body because... Um, she uh, doesn't match. So, so at that stage, there was no handing over of the body, nor any funeral rites. Surely the alarm should have gone off then. Right, exactly. So what happened was the body was found on the 3rd of May. The next day, or, or two days later, 
Dr. Nandipa Magudamana came to pick up the body. She was given the body. She took the body to Soweto. Then the police realized, oh wait, something's wrong here. Um, the body was dead before the fire broke out. That's what the autopsy found. And then they went to take the body away from Dr. Nandipa. And Dr. Nandipa went to the court to get the body back, saying that she's Tabu Besta's customary law wife. In the meantime, the mother comes to the, the mother hears on the radio that Tabu Besta had died and comes to collect the body, and then what? she was refused because her DNA didn't match. So, and all of so who ended up the taking the body? The customary law wife? Um, she took the body originally, but then it was taken away, and then we understand that it was then kept in police custody um, while investigations were underway. And nobody and asks where, where the real person was, because clearly the dead body was not him. Well, if they asked that, they, didn't, they haven't answered it to us. <laughs> We've asked them... <laughs> No, no, I mean, do you get what I'm saying here, Tanya? And, and it's something I did ask of um, Crispin Peter last week as well. And he said to me, look, you know, they are also investigating. So let's await the investigation and what comes of that. But surely if my mother cannot, you know, take my remains and my remains have to be collected from my customary law wife, uh, it is quite clear just by that sequence of events that... The person who we thought is dead is not the one who's dead. And therefore, surely just a roll call would be able to indicate that this person is no longer here. Or, I mean, was this the mark of negligence or just intentional overlooking? Um, Either way, whether it was incompetence or intentional and corrupt, this happened a year ago. And only because of our expose do we now, did, did they... Um, admit that mm. he had died, he had not died, that he had escaped from prison. Yeah. So almost a year has gone by with a, a convicted murderer and rapist on the loose mm. in Santon um, conducting business. So, so how did your expose come about? I mean, were you the guys who received the pictures from Woolworths? What's the, what's the genesis of that? Right, so, so before that, so, so we'd, we'd been getting tip-offs from since about October last year that something that there are big questions about this incident. And then we were finally able to piece together enough of the story that we could, with, with some confidence, say, or at least ask, did Double Bester really die in the fire? And we, we put out the evidence, like I listed earlier, that shows that he did not die in the fire. And then the next day, we were leaked. Someone sent us the picture of, of him shopping in Woolworths with Dr. Nandipa Magudamana. And we then we published that the next day. Um, yeah, so we we broke the story, and now it's it's all over the headlines. It's it's uh, taken a life of its own. But we we still keeping going with our investigation. What do you make of how I guess the officialdom has responded, or the sequence and evolution of the responses? Yeah, it's it's disappointing that they haven't been proactive. Um, you know, it doesn't have to happen as soon as the fire happened. Of course, there's some information that's sensitive. But um, there were many opportunities. If he was going around in public doing business, and we've been able to access that information by ourselves, then there would have been many opportunities for the police to apprehend him and his um, co-conspirators. And it's, it's disappointing that they... Um, 
declined to comment on our reports until they had no choice but to admit that he's um, escaped. And we're concerned that, that not enough is being done to, to apprehend him. So, so in a way now, there's a manhunt, I assume. That's the first thing. But on the other hand, I mean, to what degree has your reporting covered the stories around potential accomplices here? Because from what I'm hearing you suggesting um, is that, you know, the person who showed up and said, I'm this fellow's customary law wife, um, has, according to some of the reports we've seen over the course of the weekend, been very much part of the hiding Tabo Besta in plain sight story that subsequently unfolded uh, after this uh, very daring escape. Yeah, so Dr. Mandipa Magadamana, we have evidence that she had a relationship with Tabu Besta while he was in prison. Um, we know that she knew him as Tabu Besta because she said so in her affidavit when she went to try and convince the court that she is his wife. She said, this is the person known to me as Tabu Besta. And we know that, that she and him have been doing business together since he came out of prison and he was using the name TK and Kwana. So that means that she has enough knowledge of who he is and what he's doing to convince us that, that she's complicit um, in this whole so, process. So his name is, maybe I should have asked this earlier. Are we sure his name is Tabo Besta? So uh, I can't answer that for sure. What what we know is that when he went to trial in 2011, that was the name that that was used in the court, um, and that's been the name that's officially been used to to name him. But he's been using a fake ID after coming out of prison under the name Katlejo Inquana, with a fake ID that doesn't exist on Home Affairs, as the Sunday Times reported this last Sunday. I, I'm I'm still so confused, Daniel. So so <laughs> so okay, Tabo TK Mutsepe or whatever he was calling himself. Um, yeah. So so Doctor Nandi refers to him as TK, even in the interactions after this has come to light. Um, I don't know how she called him in person, but. Um, she refers to her to, in her affidavit to the court. She refers to him as Tabu Besta. I and see. In her business um, engagements with other people, she refers to him as TK. Oh, okay. So, which would imply that she would also be in on the swindle. Exactly. Yeah. So, so something else. I mean, I, to what degree have you? sort of managed to receive some biographical sketch. I'd be interested in sort of where the lady who went to go and pick up the body is. Uh, but also, I mean, you know, any information that has come to light about the background of Tabo Besta, TK, or, you know, whatever name he does go by. Mm. So it's, it's difficult to piece it together because he, throughout his career as a criminal, he's used so many different aliases. And then um, you're never sure when, when you come across a piece of evidence, whether it is him, maybe it's a copycat, Maybe he's using a different idea. So it's very difficult to, to piece together bio, bio, biography. But it is something that we're working on. But I see the um, other publications have also started sketching together um, kind of a, a timeline of his life based on what we know from court records and so on. Mm. So, so, I mean, the reason why I ask that is uh, one of the um, 
talk radio platforms over the last few hours, actually. I think it was this afternoon. Um, somebody called in and they said they are a retired correctional uh, facility official. And they were at a juvenile facility out in Leokop. And around 2009-2010, this gentleman says, well, that's around when he retired. But he definitely recalls, because at the time when the matter was being heard in the courts, he recalls seeing this fellow and saying, I recognize this guy. This guy was in the juvenile facility for fraud then. Um, and for him, mm. he was saying, well, actually, oh, now he's called the Facebook rapist, yada, yada, yada. But he called in this afternoon to say, no, no, actually, there's a bit of an entire history here uh, insofar as uh, that is concerned. We haven't verified that story. So, But, but I, I mean, I, I raise this question around a biographical sketch uh, because mm. I don't know to what degree the criminal justice system would have interacted with Tabo Besta long prior to his you know, mm. arrest um, over the last few years or so. And maybe the court record might have that. Uh, but that might also give us some clues about this uh, sort of uh, biographical sketch or background um, mm. rather than what it seems like at the moment where we're not clear about his name. Uh, I'm starting to even right. think, does yeah. he really exist, you know? Yeah. No, he definitely exists. Um, and he's been... Uh, I'm, uh, I, I, w- I would be surprised if Tabu Pesto isn't his real name. Um, when he went to prison for rape and murder um, when he was sentenced he was about 23 years old and um, but before that he'd had many run-ins with the police and with um, as you say he was in a juvenile facility um, and it it seems that details around his childhood are quite murky but we're trying to piece that together um, but it seems that he's one could say a career criminal in a way he's been doing this for a long time mm. Daniel leave it here for tonight I, i'm still i must say man I, i'm still at my wit's end in relation to this story but um i i hope the piece uh, the pieces of the puzzle will come together over the next while but um thank you very much for your time and as always to you and uh, the team out at ground up for the progressive journalism um and long may that continue thank you thank you very much yeah 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 it's not make sure man Daniel Stein. Yes, Daniel Stein is from Ground Up. Uh, Tabo Pesta. TK. Uh, yeah, it's not make sure. It's not make sure.